I'm Claire Southworth and this is Talking Flutes. It's the start of a new year and this is the time to reflect and make plans for the year ahead. A musician's life is often a very solitary one where the process of keeping positive and believing in your own self-worth is a very difficult task. We live in a time where career success is sought after by all and we put more and more pressure on ourselves to be successful, whatever that means. There are so many pressures on us all, and certainly in today's world, that we are more aware of these pressures, more able to talk about them, and help is more readily available. One big issue is that of burnout. So what is it? I found this definition. A state of emotional, mental, and often physical exhaustion brought on by prolonged or repeated stress. It's not simply a result of working long hours. Burnout is now termed as an occupational phenomenon and not classified as a medical condition. Luckily, I'm joined today by Dr Joe, my in-house psychiatrist, to chat about how to combat burnout in a musician's life. So Joe, I've got my cup of tea. Over to you, I'm going to listen. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, yeah, burnout, I think, is something that we've been uh, hearing about a lot more recently. It's certainly been a topic that's become easier to, to talk about and something which has certainly garnered a lot more attention uh, in the media. Um, I think a lot of people may have heard the phrase uh, before but might not have had uh, a comfortable understanding of, of what it involved. Uh, and the way to really uh, think about it is it is the long-term uh, consequence of stress. So stress is a is an acute uh, experience. You feel stressed in a uh, in a moment or or about an event. Uh, and burnout is what happens uh, when the amount of stress that you're experiencing along a long period of time uh, is more uh, than you're able to recover from. And this can be uh, a result of of work stress, as in the uh, definition before, uh, or even chronic stress in your in your personal life as well. Whether that's from a, a financial point of view, relationships, housing, uh, or many other issues, it's not a sign that you're you're ill uh, or that there's something wrong with you. It is an expected response when your emotional reserve is depleted. It is a normal human reaction. So there is a difference between burnout and stress. Very much so. I mean, a way to uh, to think about it is your emotional reserves are a bit like a fuel tank, uh, and we all have an ability to cope uh, with stress and hardship and and with emotionally difficult situations. Um, whether that's you know something very stressful or even just the the background stress of, of turning up to work and and having to perform uh, to a high level, and all of those activities will deplete that fuel tank a little bit. Uh, and all of us will have ways of of refilling that tank, whether it's you know, an evening off, having a weekend, socialising or having hobbies that you enjoy. Burnout is what happens when, over a long period of time, you are not filling up as much as you are burning that fuel. And when that tank is empty, when you have no emotional uh, reserves left, that is when we become burnt out. Okay, so it's a bit like you can get to the point where it can feel like no matter how hard you try, you're not getting anywhere, which is exhausting as if you're trying to swim against the current. Yeah, that feeling of uh, of hopelessness and the feeling that things have become absolutely overwhelming is, is classic and it doesn't even need to be uh, something which you would have considered overwhelming before. One of the first signs for a lot of people is when tasks which they used to accomplish on a daily basis suddenly feel uh, insurmountable, something that they, they can't even begin to tackle. So it can creep up on you 
without you sort of realising. Yeah, very much so. And it's important to be able to recognise um, the signs of, of burnout. I mean, and sometimes it, it might not be overly obvious. I mean, an easy way to uh, to divide up those, those signs is into four areas. So the first one I'd think about is high activation symptoms. And what I mean by that is uh, symptoms which involve, you know, more energy than you would normally. And that would be irritability, uh, feeling frustrated or feeling restless, feeling unable to sit still, or even losing your temper and feeling quite angry with people. The second area would be the lower activation or inactivation area. So that would be feeling fatigued, feeling tired all the time, having a very low mood or even feeling tearful. Uh, and you might well notice this in a low appetite or in difficulty sleeping. And also specifically that feeling of being overwhelmed, uh, which we'd mentioned just before, even for small things. Third area would be bad coping mechanisms. So a lot of people can find themselves drinking or smoking more uh, than they used to, or even finding themselves driven uh, to other substances to help them cope. And the fourth area is a little bit of a, can be a little bit of a surprise to, to some people, but probably not to all. And that's in the sense of physical symptoms. So people will start to notice things like headaches, uh, tummy upsets, um, that again, that struggle to sleep, uh, but also more aches and pains than you may normally have uh, and a feeling that they are harder to cope with. Wow, so there's quite a few symptoms could be there, which could be due to, to other things as well, of course. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But when we're, when we're thinking about musicians mm -hmm. and the fact that, um, you know, you're, you practice for uh, long hours, uh, alone and you often have um, a lack of balance in your everyday life um, or your family life, um, a lack of social life. So going back to my first two years at college, I never went out for the first two years. I just, I worked so hard. I was, you know, got up early, practiced six hours a day, did, went to my lectures and, and uh, classes. And uh, it's, it's interesting how today it's, Certainly when we talk now about mental health, it's talked about far more easily and more readily. Um, I was noticing that um, social media, we've talked before about social media and mm -hmm. the damage it can have on us. Sometimes social media can elevate some musicians too quickly. Um, and then they've got the stress and the pressure of having to stay there. But also maybe some of those music musicians shouldn't have been elevated to that position at that particular time. So it's a case of they've not quite achieved what they needed to achieve in order to have that status. And that creates too much emphasis on sort of their image sometimes rather than their skill. There just seems to be so much pressure to succeed rather than giving people time to find their niche. And of course, one of the big causes of our feelings of burnout at all levels of performance is a feeling that your current standard or your current performance is not where it should be. And that sense of should is often not representative of, of truth or is often not, a, not an accurate statement, uh, but is a, a perception of a higher standard of performance, which is, is not being met. Uh, and it often really doesn't reflect the quality of the work that's being produced by an individual, uh, but more so the expectation from others, or even from an overly critical self uh, compared to what's actually being given. Absolutely, Joe, that's really interesting. Um, but also, I was thinking that um, 
many musicians develop their careers from a, a passionate hobby, which is what I did. My hobby became my job. Um, but there are also those players who've been pushed into playing and practicing by parents from an early age before they themselves can work out whether it's going to be a passion or not. And that can create burnout. I know there have been a lot of students at the specialist music schools and junior schools and at the colleges that have left very early on because of burnout. I, I suppose there are uh, there are two things in there. Uh, if you've, for any performer who takes something which was a, a passionate hobby and then it then has to become a, a craft or a, or a job, especially if it's a way of earning money, uh, you will have a different relationship uh, with something which used to bring you joy. And taking yourself back to a place where it is a provider of joy as opposed to a necessity uh, can really be be quite a challenge for a, a lot of people. I wish it was easy. Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? Um, and I suppose when, you, when you're feeling burnt out, especially a lot of the things which you uh, might have previously derived joy from can seem insurmountable. I mean, a, a common example in, in performers is they may have you know, quite a, a large undertaking, so say a, a, a complex orchestral piece or a sonata. And when you are at the beginning of that process and when you're looking at that wealth of work that you have to accomplish, finding a starting point or finding the ability to uh, to start, you know, sort of like looking at a, an empty book when you want to try and write a novel, that first sentence, or even in, in a musical context, that first phrase can be a really difficult uh, step to take. Yeah, I, I wish we could um, find a way of allowing people to go back and play like they did when they were younger with that feeling of joy you were talking about. It's just remind me of, of, of a golf story, and of course I've got to bring in a golf story, Joe, because um, I get them in most of these podcasts. I read something recently about Rory McIlroy, who's number two in the world, and he, he's all last year he was having terrible problems putting, and then someone suggested to him that he should go and putt like he did when he was a little boy where he just get on the putting green and just hit the ball and just go with a feel, suddenly his putting became better. So we need to find the sort of the, the musical equivalent of this, that we can pick up our instruments and play as if we were just like improvising or just playing for fun and, and find that joy. Absolutely. And if you're in that early stage uh, of burnout where the main thing that you're struggling with is that lack of drive and, and that lack of motivation, finding the things that that bring you joy in your work is, is one of the most important first steps that you can take. I know we talked earlier about activities that can you know, drain you of that emotional reserve and activities that can refill that emotional reserve. And if you can find things within your flute playing and within your practice which can refill that emotional reserve, that is the most important first step to try and take if you're, if you're still at that stage. An example might be, you know, to go back to that uh, that analogy of you know a complex piece that you've just started to try and uh, to try and practice and uh, that you're going to have to perform eventually looking through it and finding a phrase or a bar the most tiny segment which does bring you joy that you find a sense of of beauty and, and happiness and purpose in and saying to yourself i'm i'm just going to do that and the moment you start to take those miniature steps and bring your focus really narrow it down into those tiny aspects that bring you joy the next step becomes 
that much easier. So it's like it's managing your expectations and it's it's taking very very small steps. Mm. So for me if I used to go if I wanted to sort of play something that that gave me great joy I'd go and play some Nesta Torres pieces or I'd go and play some Mike Muller pieces you know the uh, the postcard uh, what was it? Musical postcards. Yes, musical postcards. I used to love that, and <laughs> that will always give me give me joy. You know, something something completely different to get me excited about mm. uh, flute and playing again before I might move on to something else. And if you're in a place where uh, an entire piece is something that you can turn to uh, in your repertoire to make you happy about playing, that's that's fantastic. But if you're at a point where even a whole piece might seem insurmountable. Um, or, or overwhelming, that's when you've got to use this, this trick of narrowing your focus. When the, you know, the mountain seems too much to climb, you've just got to look at the, the next step in front of you. And if you can find in that narrowed focus, in those small spaces, and like I said, if it's just a bar or a phrase, that's enough for that first step. Hmm. Okay, so I'm thinking of, of what um, symptoms for a musician would might show up if they were suffering from burnout. For example, it might be someone who might not practice very much anymore um, or who might not warm up before performances um, or has a, uh, an air of not really, not really caring or not being interested um, or maybe not doing different types of work they might have done before like uh, recitals or concerto appearances um, and might even go as far as you know always having a drink before going on stage. Mm -hmm. Well I think it's going to be helpful to bring us back to what I spoke about earlier those those four areas of symptoms and, and put them in a in the context of, of someone who is a performer. So the symptoms that I mentioned earlier might uh, might be significant for of a more more severe type of burnout um, and some of the people listening might not have found areas in that in which they can identify. Conversely, it may well be that they can identify very well. But to think about, for example, the, the high activation symptoms. So I talked about anger and, uh, and irritation. It may well be that you're finding during your practice uh, that at moments where you struggle, you are becoming intensely self-critical. You're finding yourself... Um, very angry at yourself for having made mistakes, uh, wrong notes, poor phrasing. Um, and it may be that critical voice is becoming more and more severe. Uh, and it may well be you that's noticed it, or it may well be friends or, or colleagues that pointed out. Uh, the second would be the, the low activation areas. And I really do think that the lack of motivation or loss of motivation is probably the first thing that people will notice, that lack of drive to, um, to actually play. Um, and it may well be that that's the only symptom of, of low activation that a lot of people have, that, that all of a sudden it is not an activity that, that brings any joy, uh, or that the idea of picking up your flute and starting to play is not something that you can, uh, that you can envisage. Um, feeling overwhelmed, uh, even when uh, tasked with doing small things, and you know, at, at times it may well be that even that example I gave of, of playing a phrase or a bar, that even that feels overwhelming, uh, and at which point it, it might be time to think about taking a, a short break and, and stopping that uh, practice session before it becomes uh, more harmful than, uh, than beneficial. Yes, I was just thinking then that, that how do we 
how do we move this on to saying what can people do on a practical level? Because there's no, obviously, this sounds like there's going to be no simple answer here. It's a mixture of things, isn't it? Absolutely. And when I see people for burnout in my professional uh, life, the answer is always very personalised. Mm. There's rarely a, a one-size-fix-all solution, but I can absolutely talk through uh, the process that I go through for finding solutions when people are burnt out. So the first step is is absolutely to recognise that you're being burnt out, uh, and that is a you know a process of of reflecting and and thinking. You know, is this like acknowledgement of absolutely. it? Absolutely. And you know, if you're finding yourself having you know this complete lack of motivation, feeling angry at yourself, having this low mood, then it's related to this chronic application of stress. And the stress itself doesn't have to be high stress. It's just the fact that that stress is more than you can manage over a long period of time. So recognizing that burnout is a factor is the first step. The second stage is, as well as acknowledging it to yourself, can be talking about it. Now, it may well be that you have a, a circle of friends or family um, that you can talk to about this, but acknowledging to yourself that it's, it's okay to not be okay and that you're struggling a bit, can even that, if you're at an early stage of burnout, can help slip the balance uh, and can mean that you start engaging more in a you know, in your social life, that your friends start looking out for you a bit so more. So you actively encourage support, Absolutely. social support. And it, for, for people to identify their own support networks. Um, and linked into that is, the, is this third stage, which is identifying what are the things which are burning up your reserves and what are the things which are replenishing your emotional reserves. Now... If the thing that is burning up your reserves is something that you can that you can stop, that's that's reasonably straightforward. So it may well be um, that you know there's a relational aspect. It may well be that there's something which you can uh, that you can give up, which is which is helpful. But I think for most people, the cause of their burnout is often their job or their uh, something that used to be their passion, and giving it up isn't really an option. Um, so finding the moments. Uh, in that job or finding the moments in your playing and in your practice uh, which stop you from feeling your reserves are uh, depleted or even can can replenish them um, is really important and on the note of replenishing reserves it's also about identifying other areas in your personal life which do make you feel better for a lot of people that you know that might be a hobby uh, or it may even just be spending time at home and and reading a book and it's if, often it is our hobby though that we're absolutely. doing so Having so, I one of the things I probably draw people's attention to is the is the last podcast chat that I did to you, where I spoke at length about behavioural activation, which is the process that you can go through for identifying, you know, like your musical repertoire, a repertoire of of behaviours and activities which make you feel better, which replenish your emotional reserves. And that last podcast, that process of of creating that repertoire of activities is is the thing that I would uh, I would recommend to people uh, if they're struggling to identify things which uh, which make them feel better. I suppose you could actually even start with very simple things like sleep more, eat better, take some exercise, um, things like that. What do you think? Well, absolutely. So, I I suppose you know sleeping better is is challenging uh, and um, and often poor sleep is. Is, is one of the things which which plagues a lot of people in in my clinic and is one of the hardest things to to remedy um, and I think it's also important to mention that there may well be people uh, people listening who are at a, a stage of burnout where they're not even able to complete this task where this process of identifying 
things which are emotionally depleting or, or refilling in itself is is overwhelming um, and if you are struggling to talk and, and struggling to uh, to even go through this it's important to be aware that there are a lot of resources out there uh, which are incredibly helpful and the ones that I'll give a quick mention to um, are so for everyone there is a website called mood juice and that's worth a quick google um, which is uh, goes through a very helpful uh, series of coping mechanisms which people might find beneficial um, for any uh, any men who are listening uh, there is a website called the campaign against living miserably uh, the acronym is calm that's worth a read through and for anyone who's under 25 uh, there is a website called The Mix or again uh, worth a google uh, which can come through some um, helpful tactics. If you don't feel that those are suited to you or that those would be beneficial it's important to be aware that you can self-refer uh, to your local IAPT service so I-A-P-T again that'll be specific to your area and, and, and worth a search uh, or you can talk to your GP uh, if you're feeling that these things are, are getting too much for you. Well, that's great advice, Joe. Uh, something for all of us there. And although there are many people listening who may not feel as if they have suffer from burnout or stress, hopefully this might go some way to helping you in the future. Absolutely. And what's really important to recognise is you do not have to reach a threshold of being ill enough uh, to seek help. Um, or ill enough to benefit from any of these techniques. Even if the only thing that you can recognize yourself struggling with is a feeling of a loss of, of motivation, you know, by all means, look at these resources, use these techniques uh, that we've talked about, um, because it's, it's never too soon to start making positive changes, especially if they're helpful. Uh, and always reach out to friends and colleagues if you're worried that they might be struggling and offer you know bits of help and, and these bits of advice, especially uh, if they've helped you. That's great advice, Joe. Thank you so much. Absolutely, my pleasure. We'll have to do it again soon. <laughs> I look forward to it. Thank you Thanks. very much. I've really enjoyed our chat today, and I hope you have too. As always, we are very happy to hear your views or any questions, and write to us at flutepodcasts at gmail.com. Um, we also can be found on social media. We have our own Facebook page called Talking Flutes. And for Instagram and Twitter, our handles are at flute or at Claire Flute. Until next time, goodbye. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.